together growing in faith, changing communities. Dear friends, today I would like us to begin by looking at the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 6. In those days, when the disciples continued to grow in numbers, the Hellenists began to complain against the Hebrews. And the first thing that I want to talk about, or rather the first word that seems to resonate within my being, they continued to grow. There was an element of growth among the people of God. And so we know that they were only able to grow because God was in their midst. And if you were to go back and to listen and to read attentively the Acts of the Apostles, you soon realize that they are growing from a fearful group of the twelve into a wonderful multitude of men and women of great faith. So they've grown from point A to point B. They have evolved with time and they've allowed God to be part of their lives. Allow me to share a story with you. A story is told about Leonardo, who was the greatest painter. And he's the one who did the, the Last Supper, that painting. And so we are told that as he was embarking on a journey of doing the Last Supper, he began and he started painting the faces of the apostles. And as he painted them, he knew what he wanted. And eventually he came to a part where he was supposed to paint the face of Jesus. And he says to himself, in order for me to capture so well the face of Christ, I need someone who has beautiful face with the beautiful eyes that shows us the mercy, the love, the forgiveness of God. Someone who shows compassion. Someone whose face resonates with a sinner whose face is able to heal the wounded. Someone's face who's able to console the afflicted. And so he went around, he went to the seminaries where priests are trained, he went to monasteries, he went to different places, to churches, but he couldn't find the face of Christ. And he searched for the face of Christ for months unending. And eventually one day, as he was sitting on the streets of Rome and he was about to have his lunch, a waiter came across him uh, to take the order. And as Leonardo lifted up his face and he saw this young man, and there and there he knew this was the face he was looking for. And therefore he placed an order, but afterwards he asked the, the waiter, would he be kind enough if he was to take him and go home with him so that he may do the painting uh, using his face? And the, the, the waiter was quite happy to know that his face was going to be used as the face of Jesus Christ. And so Leonardo painted the face of Jesus Christ. And when he finished, 
he paid the, the waiter and the waiter left and Leonardo continued with other jobs and he left the, the paintings unfinished and probably 10-15 years later he realized that he had not finished the painting of the Last Supper then he went and he continued and he did all the faces of the other apostles and then he came to the face of Judas Iscariot and he said to himself I need someone with a face that is ugly, with a face that is filled with resentment, anger, rejection, betrayal. The face that when you see, you, you, you are terrified. And he went and he started searching. And he went and he looked and he couldn't find this. And it took him quite a number of time in searching and in looking. And one day, in the early hours of the morning, about one, two o'clock in the morning, as Leonardo was going back to his flat, he walks past a bar, and a man is being thrown out of the bar. He is drunk like hell. And as he's thrown out of the bar, he collapses and he falls on the feet of Leonardo. And as he falls on the feet of Leonardo, then he makes a mess of Leonardo's feet. And Leonardo is about to lift this man up and to look at the face. And he says, this is the face I'm looking for. And eventually, he takes the man, takes him home, he cleans him up. In the morning when the man is okay, he asks him, would you be kind enough if I were to use you and to paint a, a picture of Judas Iscariot and I will pay you? And the man said, it's okay. And he sat and he painted him. And when he had finished, Leonardo took out his wallet to pay him. And the man was sobbing, was in tears. Leonardo says, but why are you crying? Are you not okay with the money that I want to pay? I can pay you more. And the man said, it's not about the money. The man said, I sat on this chair 15 years ago. You painted me as Jesus Christ. Now you're painting me as Judas Iscariot. What had happened? Something had happened. From grace to shame. From a place of grace, great honor to a place of disgrace and that's what I want to talk about briefly have I grown is there an element of growth in my life can I see myself growing and becoming a better person can I see myself and the hand of God allowing me to go through experiences to go through events in order for me to manifest the glory of God. The church grew in numbers. And I want to argue and say they probably also grew in their faith. Am I growing? During this time, during this season, during these experiences, have I grown in appreciating God, myself, my family, those around me. It is easy, dear friends, to sit and to complain, but it takes hard work 
to say what is it that I can learn out of these experiences and come out not as a victim but as a victor how am I allowing God to use these experiences in order to shape my life am I growing in love with God am I growing in love with myself am I growing in love with my family am I starting to appreciate to celebrate to be filled with gratitude and to heal the wounds and to alleviate poverty am I a part of a solution or am I a part of a problem the other thing that I also find interesting in the readings as they grew in numbers, so too the complaints. They started complaining, these against the others. And we have seen this in our own lives. How we face challenges determine the person we become. Dear friends, we can never run away from challenges. They will always be there. We can never run away from difficulties. They will always be there. But what is the most important thing? How do I deal with that? How do I find myself in the midst of a storm? How do I find myself? How do I find my anchor when everything else seems to be hitting me right, left, and center? And so as they complained, how did the early church deal with the complaints? They call the disciples. The apostles call the disciples and they say to them, we hear there is a complaint, but we need you to help us to deal with it. We are not going to neglect the word of God, but we know there is a problem, but we need you to work with us in order to make sure that everybody is at peace. And for me, there's a beautiful principle there. It is called collaborative ministry. It is me believing in you. It is you believing in me and in us. Realizing that there is a part I can play in this. There is a contribution I can make to make everything better. What is it that you think the Lord is inviting us as a community to do in order to help other people's lives? How are we helping each other as a community, as a family? My dear friends, I've seen in the world how many people have gone out to feed the hungry how they've been very good in making sure that the food parcels go to families. And this is all good and great, and I'm, I'm happy to God for those things. But I'm seeing how many people feel unwanted, unloved, rejected, forgotten, put aside. And that for me is a greater hunger than a piece of bread. That I can have all the food in the house. I can have all the money in the banks. 
And if I feel unloved, unwanted, unwelcomed in my own house, with my own family, am I not being called to do something about that? As a family, are we not being called to, to go back and to build each other, to support each other, and to help each other through these moments of great difficulties? So that we may know and realize the plan and the purpose of God. The third principle that works for me. Remain faithful to the word of God. Allow the scriptures to be the one that directs our lives. What does the Lord ask of you? To act justly, to love tenderly and walk humbly with your God. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. That's what we ought to be. To be men and women filled with love. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my sister's keeper? Yes I am. In so far as you did to the least of my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. Dear friends, today we celebrate Mother's Day. I am reminded in a very special way of thousands of mothers out there. And I continue to say to myself, a mother is never alone in her thoughts. She always thinks and prays for her children. A mother prays for her children more than she prays for herself. A mother worries for her children a mother would rather not have something in order that her child may be okay. Today we celebrate these great women who've become great mothers to us, who've loved us. A mother is one of those greatest realities that is able to love a child in a womb and yet she has not yet seen this child. She's able to love something, someone whom she does not know what this person will become. So today we celebrate these great mothers who spent sleepless nights looking after their own children. We pray for these mothers as we thank God for them. And we join St. Paul, I thank my God each time I think of you. And when I pray for you, I pray with joy. Dear friends, I'm also reminded of the mothers who lost their children, who have no one else. You can never replace a child. And I'm reminded of Mother Mary who sits and who receives Jesus in her arms. And she looks at the lifeless body of her son and she says, I once gave birth to this young man and now is dead. I'm reminded of those mothers who gave birth to a stillborn. I'm reminded of those mothers who've suffered so many miscarriages. I'm reminded of those mothers who've seen their children being killed right in front of them. I'm reminded of those mothers who are struggling with accepting that the one they love is dead. 
Today, dear friends, I also pray for mothers who are having a very bad relationship with their children. Either they've walked away from their children or their children have walked away from them. For mothers who can never be reconciled with their children. I pray for mothers who feel neglected and loved. For children who feel that their mothers never loved them, never gave them that love. And I pray that God may bring healing and reconciliation. I pray for thousands and millions of mothers who wish to be mothers. So they are mothers at heart. But they cannot for one reason or the other. And many of them have tried. And many of them will do anything in order to become a mother. That the Lord in his mercy, in his plan, may do that which he knows is good. And I also pray for many women who've become our mothers, not because they were our biological mothers, no, they're by choice. But they've been our aunts, our grandmothers, our sisters, but they've mothered us, they've nurtured us, they've looked after us. And may Almighty God be with them. May Almighty God bless them. But dear friends, I will be failing in my duty in celebrating Mother's Day if I didn't thank those great men who have become our mothers. When our mothers died, when our mothers abandoned us, those men who took on the role to say I will be your father and I will be your mother. May Almighty God be with you. May he protect you. May he bless you.